Chatter up, listeners. We're back with episode 36. Bobby, we're starting the show now. I'm going to need you to put down the Washington football team division champs banner. You can hang it up when we're done. I'm going to need you to get on the mic and tell the people. This this is important. We won the division. (laughs) I mean, it is important. But the listeners are our number one priority right now. So, if we can merge these two things together. Bobby, if the listeners want to congratulate you and your Washington football team on the 2020 division championship, especially Salty Giant fans, please send your regards to Bobby. How would they do it? They would create a story on Instagram and then tag us in it at chatter underscore up and do the same on Twitter where you tweet about it and then you would tag us at at chatter underscore up. And maybe you want to write me an essay because you're just so happy that I feel this happiness. Send it to us in an email at chatteruppodcast at gmail.com. We have got a great episode on tap. We'll talk a lot about the NFL playoffs, tying up the loose ends of the regular season. We've got a fun football-themed quiz, and we bring back Could It Work? Jared, I'm so stoked for this. Are you feeling what I'm feeling? I mean, my team stinks, and your team just won the division, so probably not, but I'll try to get there with you. Then let's take our mutual bliss, and let's put it together, and let's chatter up. Jared, 256 football games have been played. I don't know how they were played. It's remarkable. But we have reached the end of the NFL season. The NBA is in full swing. The hot stove in baseball is lukewarm at the moment. But we are moving forward. So, Jared, what did we miss in the last week? Bobby, the NFL playoffs are officially here. But. Before we get there, let's let's close up some loose ends here. And let's start with the chaos that erupted last night. Well, first yesterday afternoon in New York with the Giants-Cowboys game. And then more importantly, last night with your football team, the Washington football team, beating the Philadelphia Eagles, earning their spot as the division champions on their way to a matchup in the chatter against Tom Brady, which is the only way it could end. But we'll get to that all that afterwards. Let's start. There's so many different angles to talk about with the games yesterday. I'll just see the floor to you for a second here to talk about your football team who are going to the playoffs for the first time, what seems like forever. Chaos definitely ensued as the Washington football team reigns as the NFC East division champions. Raise your hand if you had the Washington football team as your NFC East champions Let's even say as late as week nine, when they were two and seven. Absolutely unbelievable. Now, don't get me wrong. They don't deserve this at all. None of these teams should be even be sniffing the jockstrap of a playoff player right now. But somebody had to make it. And I believe, remarkably, that the most talented team made it in. I believe that. I also believe that Chase Young is the defensive rookie of the year. Stud. I also believe that the best defense in the NFC East is in the playoffs. It's incredible. It's awesome. And I'm absolutely thrilled. But this is nuts. The entire thing is crazy. If you watched the game last night, then you know. And if you didn't, the Eagles handed the game to the football team. 
and the football team attempted to hand it back on several <laughs> occasions. And it was just one of the ugliest football games I've ever seen. Like, truly ridiculous. To the point, which we were inevitably going to get to, that in the fourth quarter, down three points, Doug Peterson decides, I'm done with Jalen Hurts. I'd like to see my contract expiring third string quarterback, Nate Sudfeld, who was absolutely stellar for the Washington football team. (laughs) I've been trying for a while to come up with a reason for this. And the best thing that I've got is Doug Peterson said he was going to do this and wanted to try out his backup, knowing that Carson Wentz was going to leave. That's all I got, right? Yeah, there's no logical explanation here because of the way it was done. So I would not have agreed with benching Jalen Hurts from the beginning, like just not playing him at all, because I, I do think it's worthwhile to see more of him. And I can get, I get you could argue like, well, he's going to be a starting quarterback at, next year anyway. They're going to get rid of Wentz. So like, what more do they need to see right now? Well, I'd say a lot. I mean, he hasn't proven much. Sure. Like you can go into next season with him as your starter. And you might say, well, what can he prove in one game? I just think we're so early on. It's worth it to see what he looks like in these games. But fine. If they said, you know what? We don't want to risk injury. We're not going to play Jalen Hurts. We're just going to start Nate Sudfeld. All right. I could understand it. But I don't understand playing him for three quarters and then pulling him out to put Nate Sudfeld in. And if you want to take Doug Pearson at his word, he was like, look, Jalen Hurts he wasn't throwing the ball well. They weren't moving the ball. They took a lead early in the second quarter. They didn't score for quite some time after that. And he said to himself, all right, let me just try throwing Nate Sudfeld in. Let's just see if anything happens here. And you could tell very early on that that was not going to be the case. I mean, two series in, you're like, okay, this isn't going to happen with Nate Sudfeld. If they actually want to try to win the game, they should go back to Jalen Hurts. And it was well within reach for that entire fourth quarter and they never did it. I don't understand what the thinking was, unless it was just tanking. It's ironic that Philadelphia is the city where the process was born, and maybe we saw it on the football field last night where they were just like, okay, we let Hurts play a little bit. This game is too close for comfort. If we lose, we get the sixth pick. If we win, get the, we get the ninth pick. So let's just lose. Like, who cares? What's the point of winning? Let's just get the sixth pick. And that's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me, because in the NFL draft, the difference between the sixth and the ninth pick is almost certainly not that big of a deal. Now, I get it. Maybe there's a guy you're targeting. And, like, I don't know. If you're the Jets, right, you were you were fighting for the number one pick. You're fighting for Lawrence. Like, okay, like we, we can have that conversation. But, like, ninth and sixth, I don't get it. And, and I don't know if you saw it. J.J. Watt had a, had a great interview last week about playing to win the game. And it's funny that I say that. I'm sure Herm Edwards is smiling somewhere. But he definitely listens, by the way. Of course, 100%. But J.J. Watts gets on there, the defensive end, star defensive end for the Houston Texans, and he's like, look, everyone needs to play their butts off because Mm -hmm. that's our job, because you play to win. And you know what? The Eagles players did that. They played to win. Everyone who stepped on that field played to win. Doug Peterson did not. I don't know whose call it was. I have to assume it was Doug Peterson. But, man, watching, watching Giants Twitter Few things have made me happier than watching tweets like bruh or just dots. Just, ah, it was, it was music to a Washington football team fans ears. 
And I get it. If you are a Giants fan, I get the anger and the frustration. Like if it had been the other way around, if, if this was the Jets and the Patriots did that in a Sunday 100%. night game, yep. I would lose my mind. But I thought it was a very bad look for the Giants players to be the ones tweeting that out. Like you guys won six games. You went six and ten. You don't deserve to be in the playoffs. So stop crying about it. You don't want to worry about this. Win seven games. God forbid, win eight. Be a 500 team. Like, if this was the 2008 Patriots, team that won 11 games and didn't make the playoffs. And you could say the same thing, by the way. You know, if you don't want to worry about it, win 12. Fine. But if the players were tweeting that out in, you know, and Twitter wasn't around back then, but if that, if it was that kind of team doing it, I could at least understand it. Cause nine yep. times out of 10, you win 11 games, you go to the playoffs, Yep. but zero times out of 10, it has never happened before that a six win team goes to the playoffs. So stop bitching that the Eagles didn't do you a favor and you didn't get to the playoffs with six wins. Like stop crying about it. Yeah. Get them, get them. But Jared, what this does set up is a Washington football team versus Tom Brady wild card round. And I'm not even going to say Tampa Bay because I don't really give a damn about Tampa Bay. (laughs) What I care about is Tom Brady. And here's what I'll say. If you're asking me who's going to win, I'm going to pick Tampa. I would be foolish not to. Tampa's clearly the better team. And I will also go on record right now as saying I was wrong. I said nine and seven, no playoffs. They go 11 and five and make the playoffs. I was wrong. Tom Brady throws for 40 touchdown passes at the age of 43. Got to give credit where it's due. I hate the guy. I still don't think he's that good right now, but either way, we can have that conversation. So I bet on Tampa Bay, but if there is a team in the NFC East that would have had a chance, I really believe it's Washington. Why? Because Tom Brady only fails when he doesn't have time. And that front four by Washington, in my opinion, is the best in the NFL. I'd love for you to tell me otherwise. Each one of those guys is a stud. And throw in Ryan Kerrigan as the fifth? I mean, Mm -hmm. come on. That's just – I think there is a greater than 30% chance that Washington wins this game. Okay, that's not insignificant. The chatter up bowl, it had to end this way. I mean, it was destiny. From the day you went on this podcast – and completely eviscerated, defamed Tom Brady, a man who now at 43 years old threw for 40 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Don't think he didn't hear you say, yeah, I'd rather have Justin Herbert right now over Tom Brady. I'm (laughs) sure that'll be on his mind as he walks onto the field this weekend, and we'll see what happens. But before we get more into the playoff matchups, Bobby, let's stay with what happened on the field this week. Derrick Henry became just the eighth running back to run for 2,000 yards. An incredible achievement, especially now when the league is so pass-heavy. Bobby, maybe this is a crazy question, maybe it's not. Is Derrick Henry the best running back in the NFL? The answer is definitively no. Definitively? Definitively. And it's for exactly the reason you just said. It's such a pass-happy league. Don't get me wrong. I love Derrick Henry. He runs for 2,000 yards, and he takes nine men and an army of an entire country to take him down. One-on-one, the guy's going to bulldoze you over. But in the pass-catching game, he is fair at best. And that's not a knock on him. That's just not his game. His game is to destroy you, which he does. And he's perfect for Tennessee. But if you're asking me, would I rather have him or Dalvin Cook? I'd rather have Dalvin Cook. If I would rather have him or Alvin Kamara, 
Christian McCaffrey. I'd rather have them. I, I guess those are probably the three guys. I mean, like, you know, Austin Eckler on his best day is probably up there too, but, you know, he hasn't had that kind of year. He was hurt a lot. He's probably top five. You know, if we're talking about fantasy football, that's different. But, like, guy I would have on my team if I had my slew of running backs, everybody. I don't think he cracked the top three if everybody's healthy. It's bold, but it's not – I have a hard time taking a big issue with it. Now, I, don't, I wouldn't have an issue with someone saying, yeah, Derrick Henry's the best running back in football. Because if we're talking about just, like, from a pure running back perspective, like, when I hand the ball off to this guy – who do I have the most confidence in? But that's not all the running back position is anymore. Right. And you you're know 100% that. You're 100% right. No, you're right. Because you're right. I mean, you have to account for the versatility of the guys like Kamara and Cook and McCaffrey. It's just so hard to think that he's not the best, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we saw yeah. him dominate last year at the end of the regular season and then into the playoffs. Take the Titans on his back and take him to the AFC Championship game. Who knows how far they're going to go this year. And I don't want to slight Ryan Tannehill because he's good. And A.J. Brown is really good. And Corey Davis is really good this year. And so it's not like it was a one-man show. But the guy just ran for 2,000 yards and dominated again. Like, is doing the exact same thing. And it wouldn't shock me to see him continue to do it in the playoffs like he did last year. Now, the Titans' defense is not nearly as good this year. So I think they're going to have a harder time moving on. But – Man, like if you're playing Tennessee and you see them hand the ball off Derrick Henry, if you hold them to like like four yards, it's a win, right? You're just you're expecting five every time. And when the game gets going and it's the, the end of the game and your guys are in defense are tired, feels like 10 is the minimum. You have a clean slate. You can take any running back. You ranking him in the top three? Yes, I'd put him in the top wow. three. I would. Who's he, okay, so what, what's what's the order then? I'd go – you can argue one, two, but I'd, I'd put Cook and Kamara ahead of him. I don't think I would do it with McCaffrey. McCaffrey has a historic year last year. I mean, What like did Mike historic. Davis do this year? What did Mike Davis oh do when they put him God. in? He was 80% of the player. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. McCaffrey's – all right, whatever. Fine. You know what? You can have – Derrick Henry. I'll take any of the other guys you put ahead of him. We'll see whose team works out better. They're all watching the playoffs from home right now. Either way, speaking of people watching the playoffs from home, Jared, there is one, no, not two, no, sorry, six coaching availabilities in the NFL. There are the Jags, the Jets, the Texans, the Chargers, the Lions, and the Falcons, and who knows, maybe there'll be more. I have no idea. But I will tell you that's a lot. It's a lot of interesting positions. So, Jared, as you are attempting to transition out of podcasting and into the NFL head coaching job, (laughs) Which one are you most intrigued by if you are a head coach candidate? This is another tough question, Bobby. We've got a lot of tough questions on this week's episode because I think the first thing you look at in evaluating how good a specific job is, is the quarterback, right? The quarterback is the most important position in the sport, maybe the most important position in all of sports. And when you look at these six teams, there is zero doubt that Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback on any of these teams. And right now it's by a very wide margin. The guy is a franchise quarterback with many years ahead of him in this league. He has proved that he's a franchise quarterback. He's going to be in the MVP conversation pretty much every single year. If his team is good enough, which wasn't the case this year, but he was still a monster this year. Right. But the Texans are such a bad situation in terms of like ownership 
and front office. There's so much instability there. They don't have their first two picks in this year's draft. They would have the third pick in the draft. I think that could do a lot of good for them. But they traded to Miami in the Laramie Tunsil trade. They traded their second round pick in that same trade. And you look at their roster. Yeah, there's some talent, but a lot of it is on the older side. Like J.J. Watt's still good, but he's been around a long time. He's not going to be here another five years. Brandon Cook's a nice player. Like, is there anyone else? Will Fuller's a free agent. Anyone else that really sticks out to you? Not really. And so I think the other two contenders for me would be Jags and Chargers. I think I would go with the Chargers because I know – Well, let me take that back. I don't know. It looks like Justin Herbert is going to be a stud. The Chargers have Derwin James. They've got Joey Bosa. So they have a lot of young talent on that roster. Their draft situation is fine, right? They they won seven games this year. They probably could have won 10 with with good coaching and some luck. So I think I would go Chargers. It pains me to say that because my Jets are on the list, but I don't see them as one of the – maybe you can argue they're the third best, but definitely not the top. I think you're right. I think Chargers are probably the best on there, but I also think you're sleeping on the Lions job. Wow. The Lions don't have a horrible team. Let's keep in mind that Galladay was out for almost the entire season. Stafford constantly played hurt. Swift didn't come around to get the majority of touches till at least midseason, probably a little bit later. And he looked really good. Add in Marvin Jones, who was coming on towards the end. And that offense is pretty damn good. Now, granted, they had a Swiss cheese defense. But I think with a couple of pieces and a healthy team and a solid head coach, that team can win nine or 10 games next year. And I wouldn't be shocked. So I I would take the chargers and I would probably put the Texans up there as well. Just because like, if you're within eight points in the last two minutes and you have Deshaun Watson, you got to like your odds. Yep. But I don't think the Lions are a bad job. Honestly, like really, truly, the worst job on this list is the Jets. It's no, just you're like, absolutely wrong about that. You're wrong. It's, it's, not, it's not a good look. Even the Falcons, like that wide receiving core of Gage and Ridley and Jones and Matt Ryan, who's God knows how old at this point, 59, but he's still slinging it downfield, plus Todd Gurley. I mean, that team can go – I. I don't know what you got in New York, man. I don't, I don't know what's over there. We have the number two overall pick. We have six picks in the top 100. We have two first-rounders this year, two first-rounders next year. We got a lot of money to spend. You're sleeping on the jet job. You, you are. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it like I, – I, like I said, the, the best-case scenario is it's number three. But if you like the quarterbacks coming out, besides for Lawrence, if you think Fields or Wilson, which if you like either one of those guys is like a franchise guy, it's a good job. But, like, best-case scenario in a draft, if you have an amazing draft, you're hitting on two guys, right? You're hitting on two guys that turn out to be exactly what you expect them to be. The Jets are not going to be competitive for a couple of years. Even if – let's say they draft Fields, and Fields is incredible. Even if he's Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't turn that team around by himself. They need more guys. They need more players there, and it's not going to happen immediately. Now, if whoever the head coach is that comes in for the Jets gets a leash of, like, I don't know, four years, right? then sure, maybe that's the job. You can guarantee four years. You can guarantee a year in this league. Before we move off this, because we didn't touch on the Jaguars at all, you mentioned the Lions job. Would you take the Jaguars job, which is you're guaranteed, if you want him, Trevor Lawrence, and you have $100 million to spend in free agency. And it's, a, I mean, it's pretty much a blank slate, right? Like, if you're a big-name coach and you go in there, like, obviously, Urban Meyer is the rumor right now. 
if he goes in there, I mean, he's going to have a long leash. It's not going to be a one and done kind of thing. Would you put that job over the Lions job? I would. I, I, I would. I think I would because there's, there's so much potential there. Like the Lions have to do a lot of things to go right. And I stand by that they're a 10 win team on a good year. And Stafford is really, really good, but he's on the back end of his prime. He is, absolutely. And the Jags, man, that could be real interesting. Keelan Cole isn't bad. In fact, he's very good. (laughs) DJ Chark is a good receiver. James Robinson, out of nowhere, is a good running back. Like, this team can go with a couple extra pieces and a lot of picks and a lot of money. And if Trevor Lawrence is as good as people say. I mean, that's a good job. That's a good job. Jared, as per usual, we have run way over time. So let's move forward to the NFL playoffs very quickly. And let's talk about there are six matchups this weekend, Jared. Which playoff matchup, one from each conference, are you most excited for? You got to be honest. When I looked at the NFC slate, I was kind of disappointed. I, I didn't want to say the chatter up bowl because I want to be impartial here. But I think that is the best matchup, Washington versus Tampa, because it's just Absolutely. probably the best chance of an upset. I mean, the Rams, if Jared Goff doesn't play, do they have any chance to beat Seattle with John Wofford as the quarterback? Like, that's not going to be a fun game to watch. And Bears Saints, I mean, do the Bears have a chance? Sure. Because Drew Brees, I'm not sure what version of Drew Brees we're going to get. But watching the Bears yesterday, I know they were competitive against the Packers. But every throw from Trubisky is like three yards down the field. Yep. So it's like yep. everything has to go perfect for them to put up points. I don't think they could do it with the Saints. So I got to go with Chatter Up Bowl, Washington versus Tampa Bay and the NFC. The AFC, I like these matchups a lot. You can make a really strong case for Browns versus Steelers. That's a good rivalry. Obviously, we haven't seen the Browns in the playoffs in forever, so that'll be fun. Both good teams. But I'm going to go Ravens-Titans. It's a rematch of what we saw last year. And the playoff questions with Lamar Jackson are still there. Two years ago, was terrible against the Chargers. Got hot late, but they lost the game. But that was fine. It was rookie year, whatever. Last year, league MVP and didn't play well against these very same Tennessee Titans. Like, they lost that game, and it wasn't in spite of Lamar Jackson. It was in large part because of Lamar Jackson. So I'm interested to see. And, of course, look, one game does not change the narrative either way. If he sucks, doesn't mean that he's not he can never win in the playoffs. If he's great, doesn't mean that he is all of a sudden a clutch playoff performer. But undoubtedly, there's pressure on him, and I'd like to see how he responds. I'll go different then. I would say from the NFC, I would take a look at the Bears Saints. And the, and the reason I'm going to say that as much as I want to talk about the chatter up bowl is because the Saints gave up two 100 yard rushers in the same game when they did to Philadelphia and they lost mm-hmm. that game, which means they're susceptible to the run. And David Montgomery has been running over the NFL for the last six weeks. If they can get the run game going and play a little play action and they get the ball to Allen Robinson, this team can score and their defense is already pretty stout. If they can get to Drew Brees, who's already on his last legs, it wouldn't shock me to see them win. I would really love to see the Chicago New Orleans game. And then out of the AFC, I think the Bills Colts are going to be incredible. I think that's going to be so fun to watch. The Bills already are super fun to watch. One of the most prolific offenses in the league. And then throw in Indianapolis, who somehow lands Phillip Rivers, who has a great year. And that defense is stout. Jonathan Taylor just rushed for 250 yards in a game. I am so excited to see that matchup. That's going to be the one to watch for me. And finally, Jared, Super Bowl picks. If we rewind all the way back to week one, 
I said it was going to be Aaron Rodgers in his revenge tour against Patrick Holmes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I stick by it. That is what's going to happen. And as I said, you will see Aaron Rodgers hoist the Lombardi trophy. Who you got? I went Saints Chiefs at the beginning of the year, Bobby. I will stick with that to be consistent because the wow, Saints. Okay. I mean, look, the Saints are probably the second best team in the NFC. I think there's a gap between them and the Packers, but that's a good Saints defense. Do I think they could pull it off against Green Bay? I do. And so I will stay consistent with it because I don't see anyone else other than those two teams coming out of the NFC. It's interesting because like Kansas City, we both think is the best team, but maybe the Bills are the only ones that can that can knock them off. Do you see anyone else with a chance against them in the AFC? The Ravens are hot. It's hard for me to bet against the Ravens right now. They finally figured out their identity and they're running the ball down everyone's throat. I don't see Tennessee winning that game. So Baltimore goes into Kansas City and that would prove it. I, I think Baltimore's the next closest thing. I don't like Pittsburgh at all. I don't like the Browns against Kansas City at all. I honestly also think it's like Bills and then probably the Ravens and the Colts are really close up there too. I think the Colts wow. match up well against them. So I, I think it's probably the Bills. I'd love to see a Bills Chiefs AFC championship, but hey, you never know. Even Washington could win this thing. Jared, it has been in hibernation for months, waiting patiently to come back out. The fans have been clamoring for it. And here it is, Jared, the return of everyone's favorite game show. Could it work? It's back, baby. It is back with the vengeance because I like this one, Bobby. But we'll see what you think about it. I'm ready. Hit me with it, man. MLB free agency. It is the one free agency connected to any sport that does not evoke any sort of excitement because of how long and drawn out it is. Free agency for baseball has started since right after the World Series. We're, what, two months out, and the biggest free agent who signed, I think in terms of contract, is James McCann, who signed with the Mets. Springer's still out there. Bauer's still out there. Real Muto's still out there. And for all we know, they could be out there for two more months. And I think it does a real disservice to baseball because you look at all the other sports, the NBA is maybe the best example. ESPN builds content around NBA free agency. Like the second free agency starts, you have all these studio shows with all of their biggest names in studio waiting for the deals to come down and they come like an avalanche of snow, right? Like the biggest names are typically off the board in the NBA within the first 24 hours, often within the first five hours the same is really true of the nfl free agency starts in march within i would say two to three days all of the biggest names are off the board and it builds excitement for the overall fan base of the sport where it's like okay free agency starting tomorrow and i'm gonna know in two days from now is my team gonna sign player x and you just don't have that in baseball and i think it hurts the sport so my thought was is there a way to create some sort of incentive in baseball to make free agency more exciting, to make it like on an accelerated timeline that would get people excited. Okay. So with that being said, the model that I looked at is player signing from Japan. There's a couple of notables this off season, but the biggest guys is pitcher Tomoyuki Sagano and the way it works with Japanese players coming over to play in major league baseball. And I think this is how it works for all foreign leagues, but I know it's specifically the case with Japan is it's called the posting period. Their Japanese team posts them. And from that time they have, I think it's 30 days to get a contract done with an MLB team. If it's not done in 30 days, they just go back to Japan. So this guy Sugano was posted about a month ago 
his drop dead signing date is January 7th. We'll know by January 7th, is he going to be playing in major league baseball or not? Cause he'll have to have a contract finalized. Now you can't do that with just regular MLB free agents, right? We can't say, well, if George Springer isn't signed by January 10th, he's not playing in MLB this year. Cause one, it's ridiculous. And two, it takes away all the bargaining power from the players, right? If the owners know, well, the guy has to sign by January 10th, they wait around until January 9th and just lowball him knowing he has to take an offer. So, I think the way you have to do this is you have to incentivize the owners to make offers earlier on. So the one thing all MLB owners are concerned about, they'll tell you it's winning, but they're lying because it's not true. Some of them care about winning. Some of them don't. They're all concerned about payroll, the money they're spending on their team. Baseball, as we know, does not have a salary cap. These owners can spend as much money as they want, but it has what's called the competitive balance tax, which we know as the luxury tax, which means if you go over a certain number for 2021, that's $210 million, you have to pay a tax. The amount that you'll pay in tax depends on how often you go over luxury tax. You know, if you do it every year, the amount goes up. If it's a one-time thing, the penalty is not as punitive, but still it's a penalty. So with all that being said, I hope I explained that clearly. Here's the could it work. What if we said, if a player signs by a, certain date let's just call it january 10th or you know what let's let's make it earlier because the point of this was to get free agency going quickly so the season let's just say the season ends november 1st let's make it november 15th so it's a two-week period if a player signs before november 15th only half the contract will count towards a team's payroll so let's just use easy numbers if george springer signs five years 100 million dollars that would be 20 million a year and the way the, the luxury tax works is doesn't matter what the actual numbers are. They just use the average annual value. So even if, if the deal's backloaded, it doesn't matter for luxury tax purposes. It'd be 20 million. But if he signs by November 15th, only 10 million bucks for that seat for every season of the contract would count towards the luxury tax. So you're still paying him the 20 million, but you have the incentive of if you make your best offer early and he accepts it, less of it will count towards the luxury tax. Whereas if you sign him on December 1st for theoretically less money, right? Let's just say it's five for 90. That entire average annual value will count towards the luxury tax. So you lose mm-hmm. the advantage that you would have had if you signed them early. Mm-hmm. Could it work, Bobby? There's a lot to digest there, but it, what it really boils down to is, you know, you and I have been stewing on this for our whole lives, but on this podcast now, every week we've talked about baseball, about how, how can we make the game more interesting? Because it's just not gaining fans. The numbers indicate it's not. Attendance numbers are down. Viewer numbers are down. And so like, okay, what do you do? And your proposal here is an attempt to make the things that make other sports exciting, a la NBA and NFL, a similar thing here. I mean, how interesting would it be to have an MLB free agency special from like 12 to 6 on a Sunday? And you're just like, all right, here we go. Where's the top guys going? And then have guys like Buster Olney and Tim Kirchin, Peter Gammons, you know, whatever, have them all come on and talk about it. That would be really interesting and really cool. And I can tell you for certain that I would tune in. The question is, what does that either incentive or what does that penalty need to be? And so I don't mind the incentive. I don't know if it's half, but then I would also say, okay, then we need to lower the luxury tax threshold. Mm-hmm. That if that's going to happen and they're going to sign them for half it, then maybe we need to like lower that threshold from 210 to something as drastic as like 
140. And you don't do it in one season, but you do it 10 million a year for about seven years with the thought that like in seven years, the contracts won't count as much towards the cap. I think it'd be great. I would love to see just if we just take this off season, if in one week or even in a day, you're like, you know, we're real Mudo and Springer and Bauer. I'd love to see where all these guys are going immediately. And maybe, maybe there's something around the idea of a super max contract that the NBA does. I don't know exactly what that could look like, but how interesting would it be? Because baseball does similarly, right? You rarely, if ever see guys commit to a team for their entire careers. And this is a different segment. But I would just say that'd be interesting. So could it work? Yeah, I think it could totally work. And in fact, what's worst case scenario? I don't know. I don't think there is a worst case scenario here. I think it's either a marginal effect or could have a really interesting play on one, fan interest in free agency, and two, fan interest in baseball. How does this affect the players? Well, they get to spring training earlier. They get a little bit more practice. Does it hurt the negotiating power? Maybe a little bit, but not enough where I think it would matter. So yeah, right. I'm fully on board. Yeah, I just think, I don't understand why free agency in baseball is the only one that has to work the way it does. Like I said, every other sport, it's done in a week. Why is it that all the top baseball free agents are sitting out there for months and months and months? And like, you can't buy your kid for the holiday season, a new jersey of the newest free agent, because the guy's almost never signed by then. Why isn't there a baseball version of Woj, who is maybe as recognizable a name among NBA fans of like analysts as there is? And it's not because of his knowledge of the game or the way he analyzes the game. It's because people's anticipation of the transaction, just the concept of transactions, has become so heightened that like, there is no such thing as a Woj bomb in any of in baseball for sure. I don't even think it exists in any other sport. Maybe Adam Schefter to a degree. Not even. I mean, Ad, Ad, Adam Schefter is like an analyst of football. Woj is literally just the first guy to get the information. Right. He doesn't actually do anything. Right. So, like, why, you know, all those guys you mentioned before, Buster Olney and Peter Gammons and, you know, Jeff Passan, those guys are all great, but we know they are because of generally it's more like the I, maybe passing is a little bit like this but not even in the same world as Woj in terms of like how many people care about him because of his knowledge of like how quick he gets the transactions right and like I don't know if this is the best way to do it like I said you're 100% right you need to incentivize it or on the other side of the coin penalize it but there's no reason why free agency in baseball should drag on for five months and we have to fix it Bobby and this is my first proposal one to 10 realistic or not 10 being definitive what do you got from the player perspective it's unknown how this would impact it you're right maybe it hurts their bargaining power but at the same time maybe it helps that like instead of teams lowballing them for three months it's like all right here's our best offer five, whatever it is for george springer let's just say it's like five for 150 we're not going higher than 150 you signed on dotted line today we only have to count 15 million towards our luxury tax payroll awesome maybe it helps for that i don't know for the owners I don't see how this would really hurt them. Like in, in essence, this gives you the ability to build a better team without having to worry about penalties. Now you're still going to have to pay the actual money, right? Like we're not saying only ha you only pay half the contract, obviously. We're saying only half of it count towards your luxury tax payroll. So why couldn't this be done? Why can't this be a nine? I actually was going to put it at an eight or a nine. And, and, and my basic reasoning for it was what you're getting at. And also, what does baseball have to lose? 
they're already losing interest. And, and I understand this might not affect attendance, but who cares about baseball between the end of October and the beginning of what March, probably April, you yeah. and me and, and all the diehards out there who are already following it, no matter what, wouldn't it be great to get eyes on the product by Thanksgiving before right. Christmas? And I think this is an easy way to do that. Yes, it would cause another collective bargaining agreement. Yes, there's a lot of other numbers that need to be fixed. Yeah, I'm giving it a nine. Jared, this is a nine. Baseball's coming back, and this is the way we're going to do it. And soon enough, Rob Manfred is going to hire us as consultants. Bobby, it was a rough week for you last week. Not only did you lose in our fantasy football championship, but you lost in our trivia challenge. But this week offers chance at redemption for you. Could be the opposite of the double whammy because your team won the division yesterday. Can you now reciprocate on the individual level and become the trivia champion? We will find out as you welcome in the quiz master. Hey, guys. Okay, so this, uh, this quiz will revolve around football, but not American football. Mm. That's what's new this week. We're going to venture into the world of soccer. Football. Yes. Freaking great. Uh, So what we're going to do is a Yahtzee-style quiz. Uh, There's a website you may be familiar with called Mm 538.com. They rate um, every club soccer team in the world. What you're going to do is name me teams that play in each country. Club teams only, not country teams. And the winner is going to be the combined who has the highest combined rating, according okay. to 538.com. It's a one to 100 scale. You're going to have to give me a team that plays in England, Spain, Italy, Germany, France, two European wild cards, <laughs> one team from MLS, two other teams from the Americas, North or South. And a wild card could be anybody. Bobby, there's no shot of getting all these. This is going to be really tough. It just depends on how recently you've played FIFA. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this is going to be super interesting. Uh, I don't. I don't think Pele plays anymore. Uh, so that, <laughs> that's an issue. Uh, so let's. Uh, yeah. Whatever, man. Let's. Jared, you want to do this? I have to at this point. Uh, we're stuck, so let's, let's get into it. <laughs> All right, guys. So Jared's going to give us first. Uh, you guys can fill any category you want at any time. So Jared, name a soccer team. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get, like, the most difficult ones off of here first. That doesn't mean that I have – like – I don't know. I don't know if that's the right strategy or not. I don't even know if this team plays here, but if they, if they don't play in France, I'm going to have a very hard time naming a French team. All right. So I'm going to say Paris Saint-Germain or Saint-Germain. It's one of those. Yeah. Uh, that counts. PSG. And that is actually a fantastic guess for you. It's funny because I was going to do that for my France one too because I have nowhere yeah, else to go. You're in trouble now. So <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Germany, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the legendary Bayern Munich. Ooh, okay. That's 
Excellent. By the way, the tiebreaker is going to be the person who has the lowest ranked team out of anybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just putting that out there. So <laughs> if you manage to win with like the worst team, you get a tiebreaker. But it's but there are decimal points in here, so I don't think we're going to hit that. Yeah. Uh, worth, worth mentioning, though. Jared, mm-hmm. pick number two. So, I, I, I mean, this is an easy one. But I can't, I don't know off the top of my head right now, I can't think of another team in Spain, so I want to get this one out of the way, and I'll go Barcelona. Yeah, that's a pretty easy one. Barca's, like, always way up there. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Bobby, I'm sure you know at least another one. I know you're a soccer guy. <laughs> uh, I did play FIFA, like, five years ago. Um, okay, so how about... How about... Okay, I'm gonna come back to that. Let's let's come back to that. Let's go for the MLS. Interesting maneuver. What do you got? Let's go with the Seattle Sounders. All right, they're all part of the MLS. Oh, we want to sound like we're European, kind of yep. franchises. Mm-hmm. I actually in, I actually interned at one. I'm not gonna give you it because that would be giving it away. Um, that's another tiebreaker if you manage to use that team. <laughs> good, good luck Jared it's your turn I will stay in Europe and I'll go AC Milan for Italy nice one AC Milan I'm gonna double up on Italy alright I think it's Italy name the team I'll put it in the cat- right category okay then I'm okay but, either way but then just I'm, I'm, remember if it happens to be in Germany which I'm pretty sure it won't be oh, um not. if it if it is germany it would go under one of your europe wild cards i think it's italy it might be spain but i'm pretty sure it's italy the great cristiano ronaldo plays for juventus yeah juventus is italy excellent okay um it is jared's turn yep 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 and i'm gonna stay with the big brands here in england and i'll go chelsea all right good move bobby We'll double up on England and go Arsenal. All right. Two England teams off the board. Jared, you have just Germany left in Europe before your two wild cards and then your uh, your American stuff. Yeah, so I'll hold off on Germany for now. So Euro wild cards at this point. Could be anybody in Europe. Out. Yeah, so any, any I'll, team. I'll go Liverpool. All right, that's a great guess. They're way up there. Bobby. Uh, let's go to Spain and get Real Madrid out of the way. Good one. The other side of El Clasico. Jared. Okay. I'm going to stick with the Euro wild cards and go Man U, Manchester United. All right. For the uninitiated out there. Sounds good to me. Uh, it's the classic, oh, I don't know soccer. I'm just going to root for a team that I think is good. It's always yep. Man United. <laughs> it's always Man United. Nobody it's has always Man United. Um, I'm going to go back to the MLS and say the Portland Timbers. Ooh, I was going right. to take them. That's one of your America's wild cards. Mm, okay. Right. All right. Uh, Jared, back to you. Okay, MLS. I'm going to stick with the hometown team. The Red Bulls. 
Um, they're less of, the, of a hometown team than you think. <laughs> the reason being, they play in Harrison, New Jersey, yeah. which is a suburb of Newark. It's closer to my place than it is yours by a long shot. <laughs> Bobby. How about for my Euro wildcard, we'll double up on his Man U and say Man City. Uh, all right, not bad. Manchester City, I will tell you, they are the number one ranked team here. Nailed it. So not bad. Um, uh, that's all I'll tell you. Right now, Bobby actually has the top two teams, Manchester City and Bayern Munich. Great. Not great. But it doesn't matter because he still has to come up with a French team. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to do that. <laughs> okay. Um so two in any America. So I've got four to go here, right? A German, uh, yeah, a German team. You need Germany, two Americas, and a wild card. Right. Okay. So let's go two in the Americas. Um, let's go with Bobby's hometown team, DC United. All right. I see nobody's trying to go for South America. Yeah. Okay. Let's. I'm gonna attempt. So, so here, here's here's where I, here's where my mind's at right now. I don't think I'm gonna be able to come up with a French team. So what I'm going to do is attempt to double up on Germany so that Jared doesn't even come close. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Dortmund from for my two Euro wild cards. That's a smart move because Borussia Dortmund's actually very good. Would not have gotten it, but. <laughs> They do have the coolest uniforms, though. They're awesome. They're, They're so cool. They are bumblebees. So, Jared, you need Germany, Americas, and wildcard. Bobby, you need France, Americas, and wildcard. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for the other Americas, right. and I'm going to say New York FC. All right, yeah. New York City FC. Okay. They are up there. They play in Yankee Stadium. There's a team that Neymar, I think, used to play for in Brazil. But I can't think of it. And so as much as I want to use it, I'm not going to. Um, so instead, I'm going to stay with the MLS, and I'm going to go with the Columbus Crew. Ooh, good one. All right. That's an interesting one. They're one of the original teams. Nailed it. And okay. I, don't, I hope you don't use an MLS team in your wild card. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm absolutely going to because, like, I'm very low on teams here. So my wild card is going to be the LA Galaxy. I knew you were going there. All right. And, Bobby, you have France in the wild card. And, again, the wild card could be any team in the world. At Looking at this right now, it can make a huge difference. Trying to think. I see the gears turning. I see some smoke coming out of the ears. I got one for Europe, but I don't know if there's still any good. Got a what a luxury there. that you can even consider that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how good they are anymore. All right, I'm just, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take a shot in the dark. And, and, and it, you know what, if it doesn't work out, that's okay. How about FC Porto? FC Porto. They play in Portugal. Mm-hmm. So they will be your wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and and they're pretty up there. They're the thirty-first ranked team in the world right now, okay. compared to the LA Galaxy, who's the four hundredth. 
Jared's wild card. That may or may not make a difference. Jared, I will. We can make a deal right now. We can just yeah. say we're gonna cut your Germany and cut my France, and we're just gonna take it as a zero, and we can just play the rest of it out. So okay, so I, I have one guess for Germany. If this is not a German team, then like I have none. Okay. And if I've it is, played... Bobby has to guess France. Right. So I've played FIFA like three times ever, but I used to have a good friend. I hope he's listening, Daniel Feldman, who played it on his PSP a lot. And I would sometimes watch, and he would use this team. This. It was PSG Eindhoven. It sounds German, and so that's what I'm throwing out. Uh, I have never heard of them. Uh, PSG Eindhoven? I have no idea how you would spell it. Props to you for even coming up with that team. Like, that's that good for you. PSV Eindhoven. PSV Eindhoven. Count it, please. <laughs> uh, if they show up, they are in. Hey, uh, there is a PSV. They play in Holland. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. That was close to being a real oh, issue. Boy. And, yeah, they, they play in Eindhoven, Netherlands. Look, I'll, 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 throw you, I'll throw you guys a bone. Name me a city in both of those countries, and I'll give you the team from there. Because that's the easy way to do this. Right, right, right. Okay, so you've taken out Munich from Germany, which leaves me with right. Berlin. There's actually, there's just one big one there. So I'm going to give you um, Hertha BC, BSC. That's the that's probably your biggest one. Great. So I'll count that. They're actually From the pretty sound good. of how things are going, I don't think it'll matter for you, Bobby. But I could be wrong. All right, Bobby, I, name me a city in France. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know which one to go with here. I, I don't know. How about Nice? All right. Nice is actually the full name of a team. Great. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, it, it may not matter, though. I don't know. We'll see. All right. So let's go one by one. There are decimal points. Um, so in England, we have Arsenal against Chelsea. The edge here goes to Jared by about seven points, we'll call it. All right. All right. Chelsea's an 86, almost 87. Arsenal's pretty much 79, 80. Uh, for Spain, you have Real Madrid versus Barcelona, the old El Clasico. Edge to Jared again by about three points. Barca is a okay. 90. Real Madrid's an 87. Nicely done. It's not uh, a great, it's not a really high cushion that I'm playing with. <laughs> now, here's where it starts to tip because you got in Italy, Juventus is higher than AC Milan by about five points. Okay. Uh, okay. And then when you get to Germany, Bayern is a heck of a lot better than Hertha Berlin. <laughs> By about, I want to say, 25. All right, so I got a 20, down 20, 20. Yeah, I got a 20-point lead. But PS, However, the, the France one. The France one puts Jared back in the lead because PSG is better than Nice by 30 points. Okay, okay. So plus so 10 to Jared. 10. Yep, yep. Right, right around that. Yeah, something like that. I don't know the exact score to this point. Um, Bobby said Manchester City and Borussia Dortmund. For the Europe wild cards. That's a 93 and an 84. Liverpool and Man City give Jared an 88 and an 84, so that's a five point edge to Bobby. Okay. Okay. And then we named a bunch of MLS teams that ultimately, I think they they give a, 
Seattle, Portland, and Columbus are all in the 40s. Red Bulls and DC United are pretty low. They're in the 30s and 20s. And then New York City is in the 50s. Adding that all together, it's about a 20-point edge to Bobby. And then it's 40 points on the wild card, FC Porto to LA Galaxy. In the end, the score is Bobby 781, Jared 733. The king has come home, Jared. It was a backdoor cover, Bobby, because the spread was Bobby minus 50. So if you bet on me (laughs) in Vegas, you won. I will take home the championship. I'm back after a two-week hiatus. It is good to be on top. Quizmaster, as always, we loved having you here. Uh, I love having you here, too. Sometimes I do. I'll be honest with you. (laughs) Jared, I feel like an absolute 180. My team wins the division. I'm the trivia champion of the world. World heavyweight trivia champion. World champion. A lot going on there. And I'm happy for you for one of those things. You need to be happy to me for both of them because I came out on top. What a great day and what a better day it's going to be next week when you tune back in and hear an excellent episode of Chatter Up. We'll have more What Did I Miss, more fun and games. We might even have a special guest or two. You're not going to want to miss it. Thanks, of course, to the Quizmaster for putting together this week's soccer-themed quiz. Thanks to you guys for continuing to listen and sending us your feedback. And on behalf of Bobby, thanks to the Philadelphia Eagles for just doing what you do. I could not be more thankful. Jared, you want to do this again next week? I'm up for it. I'm up for it, too. Then let's do this, and we'll see you all next week on the next Chatter Up.